Psalm 112, verses 6 to 9. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honour. Seen that? Yeah, seen that. Seen that? Oh, interesting. Yeah, seen that. Think I've seen that. It's a familiar experience to many of us during lockdown, I would guess. Scrolling through endless hours of box set to find something that we haven't yet seen. Did you know that Netflix, during this coronavirus crisis, has seen their business go through the roof as more and more people subscribe? Their share price is the highest it's ever been because of coronavirus, because people just trying to find something to fill their time with. Did you know that uh, during lockdown, Google have seen a question asked that they've never seen asked in the same way? And it's the question, am I bored? Apparently 325% increase in the number of people asking that question. Struggling with boredom. Apparently in, in Italy, in the middle of lockdown, an academic survey was done about mental health. And the second biggest challenge that people faced? Boredom. Boredom. What do we do with boredom in life? Uh, now there's two different types of boredom, isn't there? Uh, there's that first boredom that a quick hours episode might fill a gap. All parents know that sort of boredom when their children cry out, Mom, Dad, I'm bored. Some of us, that sort of boredom doesn't feature in our lives at all. Juggling uh, homeschooling and our work and all our responsibilities. No, we're not that kind of bored, no. But there's a different type of boredom that I guess is familiar to many of us. That sort of dissatisfaction, that discontentment with the circumstances in life. It's just a bit humdrum, mundane, normal, boring. What do we do with that? One psychologist describes boredom in this way. He says, boredom is an emotional signal that makes people very aware that in their current situation there is a lack of purpose. It's as if there's a direct link between boredom and no purpose. If we can find meaning, if we can find purpose in our life, then boredom disappears. The humdrum is no longer humdrum. The mundane becomes an adventure. The normal becomes abnormal because we've found purpose and meaning in life. In the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, a writer is describing trying to find meaning and purpose in life. And he looks everywhere for it. He goes hard after finding pleasure. He goes hard after work. He looks in lots of different places to try and find meaning and purpose in life. But his conclusions are shocking. 
In chapter two, we read these words. After having described the places he's tried to find purpose and meaning, verse 10, he says this. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. He's looked at work to try and find meaning. He's looked at pleasure to try and get purpose. But he concludes, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. The chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. What he's saying is something that we all know to be true, is that if we think we'll find meaning and purpose in some circumstances, actually that's not where you find true meaning. If it was possible to just change our circumstances, like you know, flicking onto a new Netflix movie, and then suddenly everything's okay, we'd all do it. But yet we all know that as we then watch and click on another one, yeah, it's okay for a while, but then we wanna click on another and another and another. And like the writer of Ecclesiastes, if we're trying to find true meaning and purpose in our circumstances, we're looking in the wrong place. If we think our life is humdrum and therefore if we just changed it in some way, then suddenly everything would be fine. What he's saying is clear. True meaning and true purpose is not in the circumstances of life. And if we can find true meaning and purpose, then it changes how we see the circumstances because our humdrum is no longer humdrum. We can find meaning and purpose even in the very normal, mundane things of life. The writer of Ecclesiastes is saying something pretty profound. He's basically saying that it's almost as if God has deliberately made things to be dissatisfying. The kind of things we often try to find meaning in, pleasure, work, relationships, yeah, they're good things, but ultimately if we think they're the thing where we'll find true purpose in life, they'll always disappoint. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying it's almost as if God has done that on purpose because true purpose and true meaning is not found in those things at all. There's something bigger, something more incredible where we'll find lasting purpose and true meaning. As a research project was done a few years back in 2014, in which a variety of people were simply asked to sit on their own in silence for 15 minutes. And these scientists discovered something quite remarkable, that people would generally rather give themselves an electric shock than simply sit in silence on their own with their thoughts. And that was particularly the case for men. Make of that what you will. But it's almost as if we need something bigger than us, something that gives true meaning. We can't just sit on our own with our thoughts. We need to have something to really live for, to alleviate the discontentment, the boredom. Now I'm outside because I want to show you something that I think perfectly illustrates this. Because we've had a problem in our garden with badgers. Let me show you. In our garden, 
we've been pleasantly surprised that we've had some badgers coming through our back garden, which has been lovely to see. Uh, but we realised that after a little while they maybe aren't so welcome and so what we've tried to do over here, I don't know if you can see it, we've tried to sort of block up the hole under the fence when they get in, put some logs and stuff like that. But then what I've noticed over the last few days, I don't know if you can see it just down here, another hole has appeared. Uh, my pathetic attempt to try and stop the badgers coming through, uh, they've managed to very quickly get past that. Why? Well, because they're determined. They want to get in and through our garden. And so my pathetic attempts to try and stop them, that's not going to stop them, is it? Because they know what they're trying to achieve. They know their purpose. They're fixed on it. And little things that get in the way, well, they just are able to work around that. And I think it's almost as if that's the case in the Bible. That when we know what our meaning is and purpose in life, if you like, if we know what our big yes is, and we're gripped by that, then our circumstances, the things that we wouldn't choose, uh, the ways that we wish our life was different, well, they don't get in the way because we're able to realise there's something bigger, more important, a bigger purpose. Another bit in the Bible makes this clear that was read to us earlier, Psalm 112, and it's a description of somebody that knows what they're living for, and therefore whatever the circumstances, they don't get in the way. Let me read again, Psalm 112, verse 6. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They'll have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They've got no fear. In the end, they'll look, on, look in triumph on their foes. They freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. They won't be shaken. Their circumstances won't shake them. Why? Well, the beginning of the psalm makes it really clear. Blessed are those who fear the Lord. They found true meaning and true purpose in God. He's the one who sets the agenda for their life, not them. And so therefore, when circumstances aren't what they choose, they're not shaken because there's something bigger, more incredible. I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, uh, when I became a Christian, I, I remember praying a prayer that was something along the lines of, Lord, I'll go anywhere, do anything for you. My life is yours. And I remember reflecting on that prayer and thinking, what did I really mean by that prayer? When I said, I'll do whatever you call me to do, did I really mean what happens if he calls me to do things that were just humdrum and mundane? What I had in my mind really was going and changing the world and traveling and making a real difference. What about if God called me to just be faithful in my friendships, in my relationships, to find meaning and purpose living for him in a normal job? You see, when we find meaning and purpose in God, we change how we see those things. Because we're not living for those things. We're living for something way bigger, way greater. An adventure that is not determined by our circumstances, whether we choose them or not. We'll never be shaken if that's the case. What the Bible is saying 
is that God sees our life very differently to the way we so often do. Rather than the humdrum, he sees the opportunity. Rather than the mundane, there's the potential. And in the New Testament, we get this spelled out in beautiful ways when we look at the book of Ephesians. Let me read to you one verse from Ephesians chapter 2. A stunning verse that changes how we see every aspect of our lives. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But what the writer Paul here is saying, your life really counts. And the things that you think are humdrum, those things that are mundane or normal, they are full of potential with things that God has got for you to do to really make a difference. Did you see that? We are God's handiwork. Uh, what's amazing about that is that God has crafted you, he's created you, and who you are. And therefore he's made you, you, with your unique gifts, your unique talents, your unique opportunities in your life. To do what? Well, creating Christ Jesus to do good works. That means that even in our boredom, those things that we wish were different, there is something incredible that God has for you to do. And not only that, this isn't some sort of mistake or some sort of second best. No, let me read again, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There is things that God has for you to do in your life right now. Opportunities beyond your wildest dream. Potential to change everything right now. And what the Bible is saying is maybe we can change the way we see things. If we realise that every single moment of every day is peppered with opportunity and potential, if we find purpose and meaning in, in wanting to live God's way and for God, there is no humdrum, there is no mundane. Because God's got something for us even there. And so I guess for those of us who are Christians, it changes how we see our circumstances right now. Whether there be circumstances that you choose or not, the right thing to pray is, Lord, change the way I see the life I have. And for those of us who we're not sure whether we'd call ourselves Christians, maybe God's not really on our radar, or even during lockdown, we've begun to ask questions that we've not asked before, and, and we know we need meaning and purpose. Uh, there was one other thing in that verse that changes everything. Let me read it again. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That phrase, in Christ Jesus. Because it's as we realise that God stepped into our world when Jesus came and, and he did incredible things and then died for us, that begins to change everything. Because we realise the God of the universe cares so much for you and me that he gave up everything for you. 
And that then changes how you live the rest of your life because it's peppered with new potential, new opportunity. No longer just flicking through Netflix, trying to find something to fill your time. But now, even in the things that you wouldn't choose, opportunity to live for God because he's got things that he's prepared for you to do. That's good news. And so my prayer as we come out of lockdown is for all of us, whether we long for things to be different or not, that we'd realise that there is opportunity ahead. Opportunity that we never dreamed of because God has prepared in advance things for us to do. Let's pray together. Let's be still just for a moment. You may find it helpful to close your eyes. And I'm going to pray that wherever we are, whoever we are, that right now God by his spirit would help us begin to see the opportunity and potential ahead. So Father, we thank you. Thank you that we're your handiwork. And Lord, we pray in your goodness that you would lead us now. Reveal to us right now the things you've got in store for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.